millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the weekly true crime spin-off podcast where I sit down with my ex-cop dad and we talk absolute nonsense. I'm Paul Verhoeven, that's John Verhoeven. So, Dad, you told me something off mic, which is kind of true crime related in a very odd way, and that is that, uh, I hope we're allowed to talk about this at least a little bit, but Mum might be up for jury duty, is that correct? Well, not might be. She was, yes, she was impaneled. Right. A great word. Um, Yesterday. She's very, very, she's exactly the opposite of me. She's so discreet. She comes home and she says, now, John, there's something I want you to understand. She treated me like a little baby. She got me to sit down and she said, I'm not allowed to discuss this with you. Well, then why? We, we can't talk about it then. Yes, we, we can. We can talk about the whole process of empaneling jurors because we can talk about that. Yeah. And that's but- so interesting. And so many people, Paul, mm. Christine said that yesterday at a court in Sydney, hundreds of people had to, you know, they obviously, it's a numbers game, isn't it? Mm. So if they, because it depends on how many trials they've got. Now, we all know that a jury consists of 12 people. And in some cases, the verdict has to be unanimous. Okay. Okay. So through, through natural attrition, during the process, many people will just fall by the wayside. Yeah. But interestingly, Christine said that 50% of the hundreds of people that were there yesterday, that's one in two, had notices. And these notices are as to why they don't want to be there, why they shouldn't be there, why they can't be there. And... There must be so many different reasons. Now, it used to be, you know, Christine and I, we were sweet. I thought I'd dodged a bullet. Because if you'd ever been a serving member of, at least in this state, the New South Wales Police Force, you were absolved from jury duty. There are a few people in society, I believe ministers of the clergy, i.e. priests and nuns, I Mm -hmm. don't think they can be um, regarded as being weirdly fit for jury duty. Now, they've just changed the rules in relation to ex-police officers, and it's now, if you've been out of the, in this case, the New South Wales Police Force for more than three years, you're up for it. 
Interesting. Which is fascinating. And one of the first things, I'll go into the nitty-gritty, and it's very, very interesting. It's, it's, it's actually, I, I actually, when Christine told me to sit there and basically say nothing, she could tell me certain things about the process, which we can talk about today, which I find it really is. In fact, it kind of made me appreciate living where we live in Australia in that we're not in Russia and we're not in China. We're not in North Korea. We don't, we don't have some despot where trials, if you're even that lucky, are a sham. They're a total and utter sham. At least here, we have due process. And I, I do believe in the system, which I'll expand on. And I, I think it's quite, quite fascinating. So Christine rocks up. As I said, one in two people just had lots of reasons. Then they were all taken across the road, hundreds of people. They were all given COVID tests. Whether or not they were going to stay or not, everyone was tested. Four people in Christine's group tested positive, which is kind of weird. You've come along to possibly be on a jury to be told you've tested positive, you now have to go straight home and isolate for seven days. So that's kind of, uh, you know, crazy. Yeah. Christine then went through the, in, the entire process and... It's not the prosecution that get to object to the jury. You know how you know in the movies and TV shows, the defence get to you know pick and choose. Yeah, they can sort of you know they for, for whatever reason and based on they don't get to talk to them, they just get to look at them. And then I've just got home from dropping Christine on day two of this trial. And as I left the, uh, you know, I just let her off in the city. And as I'm pulling up at sets of lights, I was thinking about the podcast today and I was thinking about what we talk about. And I'm glad, you know, we're talking about this because I was looking at people walking in front of the ute, you know, pedestrians. And I was looking at all the different types of people we see in the city. And I was trying to imagine just by looking at them, what type of people they are. And of course, one realises that you can't make assumptions. Based on how people look, yeah. Based on how people look. And yet that is what the Defence Council do. It's all based on a gut feeling. because, And somehow or other, because I can tell you and the listeners this, Christine is in a very, very high-pressured, pretty, pretty heavy job, as you know. Yeah. But she was actually getting a little bit excited about being chosen. And when she went yesterday to the court, she had received notification that she was going to be possibly on a jury that was going to go for 28 weeks, which is quite a long time. That's crazy. Bearing in mind some trials in Australia go for up to two years, which is... That's two years of your life. And imagine being a juror in a very, very high profile, very, very serious trial. That's not to take from all trials. But imagine if it's, say, for example, dealing with the underworld. Can you imagine 
that there would be people out there that would like to get to the jury. They call it nobbling the jury. Have you heard that term? Nope. And it's called I can't nobbling. Un- yeah, I can't unhear that now. Okay. No. So they, if, if a jury or gets nobbled, oh, that's oh, a no. crazy... <laughs> Paul, can you do me a favour? Yeah. Can you can you Google nobble jury? I'm worried I'll get some I'm, pretty I'm sketchy worried. stuff. I'm worried that I might not be right. Oh, God. Nobbled jury. Yeah. Here we go. Let's see if this comes up. Could be a silent K. I'm not sure. The term jury nobbling refers to the actual or attempted influence of one or more jury members through intimidation or inducement. Right, so that's from hottereducation.co.uk. So it seems like it's a UK term, but I still think it's valid. Uh, They call it jury tampering everywhere else except Mm. the UK. So, Mm. yeah. So in these very, very big trials, like... You know the the Milpera bikey massacre, and you know where you've got the Comancheros and the Banditos, and 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 your your godfather was involved in that trial because he was a member of the tactical response group, hmm. who is known affectionately as Julian, but we know that's not his real name. Mm-hmm. So the jury in these high profile and very dangerous cases actually have to be put up in hotels and basically never get to see or talk to anyone for the duration of the trial. So it's kind of like a lockdown You are situation. locked down. Yeah, okay. But for an incredible period of time. That's sort of being a bit dramatic in, in this particular case. Um, so when Christine finally went through, you know, the whole process, she was informed that she would be participating in a trial of a few weeks. Yeah. And then ultimately, once... It all sort of settles down. Yesterday, they then the twelve jurors go into the um, you know the district court where you have a judge who is addressed as your honour, as opposed to magistrates that are your worship. And the prosecution, uh, the barristers, and possibly senior counsels, they're all wearing wigs, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I learned something from Christine yesterday that without putting too fine a point on it and without sounding a little bit soppy, when she said what I'm about to tell you and the listeners, it actually brought a tear to my eye, possibly two tears, one in each eye. Okay. And I'm not joking because what happened yesterday, and it obviously happens all the time, the defendant who is brought out every single day for the trial from jail, so he's been remanded in custody. Mm-hmm. Christine said to me that when the jury came back in, even if it was just for a little break or lunch or morning tea, recess, or they had to discuss a point of law, whatever it was, when the jury came back in every single time, the defendant and only the defendant turned and bowed to the jury. Do you you know why this particular person did that? No. Because it was made very, very clear, and this is the part that I find, well, in a a weird way I find it quite touching. The judge explained to the jury that the defendant, his future rests with the jury, not the judge. It's not the judge that decides guilt or innocent. Right. He is there, or she, to interpret the law. 
But at the end of the day, 12 good people, I say good people because that's the term used, ultimately, when they go to deliberate and they've got as much time as they like, it can take them a month to deliberate Mm. because they need a unanimous uh, decision. They, when they come out and the judge says to the foreman or for person, because in, yeah, anyway, um, and they stand up and they say, we find the defendant guilty or not guilty. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's stressful when you watch a movie or a TV show when you get sort of involved with the characters, but um, it, it's, it's, it's a real, it's a serious thing. And in, in America, of course, um, you know, the jury, when they make that decision, are actually sometimes saying that we sentence you to death. And that's, that's heavy, isn't it? Mm. So I think it's quite fascinating, Paul, and I think we're ver- very blessed in this country that we have that process. And I really am curious to see how mum goes, but we'll try and keep, you know, kind of, we'll try and keep her out of this because I don't want it to be... Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. I don't want it to affect anything. 100%. Um, I have a story that was linked to us from one of our listeners on our Facebook page, and I'm just going to read you the headline and then we can go from there, okay? Okay. Human corpse thrown onto highway in five-car pileup. A corpse has been flung onto a highway after the funeral home vehicle it was travelling in was rear-ended. The bizarre incident on Friday local time was described by police as an ejection of mortal remains. That's, that's quite beautiful. A ute towing a horse trailer crashed into the back of the funeral vehicle on a highway, uh, and this was over in, the, over in the States. Five vehicles were involved altogether as traffic came to a standstill, and they've shared images where basically you can see these cars crushed. I don't think anyone was seriously hurt. Um, but there is a coffin. Just sitting there. Now, here's a question for you, Dad. Do you need to do an autopsy on that body? Paul, just when I thought you had asked every conceivable, ridiculous, crazy, bizarre question Mm -hmm. ever, you've just taken the cake. Yeah. Um, Look, God. I'm, I'm. I just can't imagine actually rocking up to. Look, golly, I mean the body. I hate to say. Mm. Look, we don't know what happened to the, why that person died. We don't know how old they are. We don't know. We don't. We don't know the size of the coffin. I mean, I'm. We can. We can go to dark places. I certainly can. I can think about all the different types of people that may be inside the coffin. <clears throat> yeah. Um, imagine if it was a funeral parlour run by the mafia, not out of the question, and they'd actually put two bodies in the coffin. Imagine that. And there were two bodies. Oh, and so they go to open the coffin and then suddenly, because of this weird crash, a mm. crime is revealed. and then A crime is yeah. revealed. What if the coffin killed someone... And it was technically a projectile weapon, and as mm. a result, they had okay. to sort of... Uh, yeah. good. That is a good question, mm. and it would be argued in court um, whether or not, firstly, it, you'd have to establish whether or not the casket was securely, ah. you know, yeah. fastened within the confines of the back of the vehicle, the hearse. I have got some New Zealand friends, and... They, just a few months ago, picked up 
the body of the deceased and they drove the person uh, around to all their favourite places. And they were dead. They, they sat them in the car and strapped them in. And apparently that's a bit of a thing with some people. And not technically illegal. I don't know how the police would feel pulling the car over for random breath testing and seeing a dead body in the back just sitting there, but kind of a bit looking not so good. Um, and you've got to ask yourself, imagine in that case, they'd had an accident and the body in the back went whizzing past them as they stopped through the windscreen and out onto the road. Imagine that. Mm. And then it's possible that if the body had been mangled... The, I mean, imagine paramedics rocking up and trying to resuscitate someone that had been dead for a month. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I've seen crime shows where, you know, you'll, you'll have a plane that's crashed on the beach and there's a bunch of bodies and, hmm. you know, the investigator actually, no, this is a specific episode of Elementary, Sherlock walks up and goes, this body was actually dead when the plane took off. Hmm. You can tell by the that's incident here. Yep, yep. You know, the idea of kind of bodies being piled in with other bodies, but two different, completely discrete causes of death. Because the fact is that if someone died in that crash... And then you have another dead person there who was already dead mm. technically as part of the crash. Mm. How do the police sort of partition those two things or do they sort of, am I overthinking it? No, you're not. Because let's let's get back to basics from the funeral perspective. Mm. That is that the body inside the coffin, even though it may be going to be buried or cremated, mm -hmm. generally speaking, is dressed yeah. with clothing that the family have provided, <clears throat> the undertakers, to yeah. dress the body. It's occasionally the case where they're just tied up in a, like a sleeping bag mm -hmm. that's sort of sealed at one end, like kind of like a big container to put a whopping great big cigar into. Yeah. Um, perhaps not the best analogy. Uh, or you could imagine like a Frankfurt or a big sausage skin. I think that's maybe worse, but yeah, I get you. Yeah. But then, I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty gross because imagine if the family have paid an incredible amount of money mm. and the body has been embalmed and it's going to go in the family crypt and then it has an accident on the way and if it's embalmed, it's full of embalming fluid and, and that really would complicate things because if it flies out of the coffin, coffin breaks, body lands on a highway and it's been embalmed, I defy most people to be able to differentiate between looking at that body and the body of a freshly deceased. Because if you've been embalmed, you look bloody good, God. even though well, you're dead. You look good for a dead body. Let's no, not... but you do. You look. You look. You, you know. You've got. You've got plump cheeks. Right. You've got. You've got colour. You've got volume. Yeah. Uh, you've got all those characteristics. Uh, of a, in fact, some people that get embalmed, Paul, end up looking a lot better than they did when they were living. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do 
not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Now, I don't know what to do with that statement, even though I'm sure it's true. <laughs> well, just AKA plastic surgery. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> God. Can I uh, just quickly, before we wrap up the episode, tell you something that happened to me? It's not particularly crime-related, but it is something very odd. Dad, do you remember um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? I do, yes. Okay. So there's a kid in it called Short Round. He's like, he's kind of Indy's sidekick. Yes, and yep. the actor who played him, his name's Key, he ended up um, playing a, a fairly prominent role in The Goonies after that. Hmm. Um, he's like the kid with all the gadgets. And growing up as a nerd... Who liked martial arts and gadgets? This was this kid was like my idol, right? Mm. He was a very very big deal. Mm. Anyway, so he basically uh, couldn't really get much acting at work after that. And had to give up acting in his early twenties and had to just disappear from the public eye. Anyway, uh, there's a new film out called Everything Everywhere All at Once, and it's this really insane art house film with Michelle Yeoh in it and Jamie Lee Curtis and a bunch of other people, and he's one of the leads in it. So he's come out of retirement. I think he's like 50 years old now or very close to it. So he's just disappeared for like 30-something years, reappeared, and now he's back out of retirement and he's absolutely incredible in it. And um, uh, there's a chance I might be interviewing him on Dish Island next week. So if you've ever wanted to hear someone talk to one of their childhood heroes and barely hold it together, I mean, honestly, in terms of emotional impact, I've interviewed Harrison Ford. This is kind of getting close to that level for me. Mm, I mean, mm. oh shit, that means I've interviewed Indy and Short Round. Oh, oh my that's God. Exciting. I, um, 
I was actually at a um, at a hanging job. Yeah. Not to be thinking about hanging people. Sure? Hanging art a few days yeah. ago. And it was a magnificent penthouse in the city of Sydney's CBD. And I won't go into the specifics of the particular couple, but everything in the entire penthouse was was staggering. Mm-hmm. Art, furniture, etc. She had a bookcase that was an homage to Star Wars. You've never seen... You have. You have seen... She had the Millennium Falcon. She had mm-hmm. all the gear. And I proudly told her yeah. that you had built a Lego Millennium Falcon. And then, and then I basically said you'd interviewed Harrison Ford and I swear she became all wobbly. <laughs> and she was so in awe because she's a true, true aficionado. And when I mentioned The Mandalorian, etc., she just looked at me with almost disdain and said, well, of course... But uh, yeah, that was that was interesting, Paul. So I do get mileage out of some of the great things you've done in your in your your life. That's very sweet. I mean, one of the, I, yeah, it's it's weird. And yet, the the person who I interview the most, who has the most impact on my life and my career, is you. You're very sweet. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I mean, that. no, I really do. And Paul, um. Fond regards to everyone, and, and look, I look forward to at some stage down the track we can actually talk about the trial that Christine, your mother, was involved in. Absolutely, and also we are going to do live shows. Okay, we've just sort of been trying to get back on the horse after our Christmas break and after COVID. It's been a really weird time, but we've had lots of requests, Dad. Mm. Just you know, reminding us that hey, you said you were going to do live shows. We are. We are yeah. going to do live shows. Uh, we're just figuring out where, when, and stuff. We'll, this will be. This is where you will hear. About yep. it. Oh, also, just a quick recommendation. Um, whether you're a Marvel fan or not, I highly recommend Moon Knight. It's on uh, Disney Plus right now. It's a really, really great show. I interviewed the directors of it, uh, Mohamed Diab, this incredible kind of indie art house Egyptian director who they got to basically run this thing. He wanted to craft something. They wanted to craft something for people who hadn't actually seen other stuff from the Marvel Universe. So it works as a really good standalone series. And Oscar Isaac's the lead, and it's just great. And I'm sorry, I'm just I'm in a mood to recommend no, things. No, that's cool, so cool. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Ends, unfortunately, because this was a really fun one. But we hope you're doing well. And if you want to get in touch with us, head across to facebook.com forward slash loose units. Thank you so much, by the way, for those of you who headed across to Apple Podcast and left a rating and a review. Uh, everyone's feedback is appreciated. Sometimes it's pretty odd and sometimes it's pretty honest, but we really appreciate it regardless. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great weekend and we will see you soon for more Loose Units. Oh, and one last thing. Go the Blues. Bye. Paul, who are the Blues? Carlton. <laughs> we are, Never heard of them. We are kicking ass right now, so. Oh, yeah, all right. <sighs> okay, mate. You grumpy bastard. (laughs) All right. Love you, mate. (laughs) Love you, bye. Cheers, bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.